it was more than that. The Lord used it. Um, anything, it doesn't matter what it is, when it's focused on the gospel, bathed in prayer, centered on the Lord in everything, God's going to use that. Welcome, Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Happy New Year. So we haven't been here in a couple weeks because of uh, staff quarantines and COVID and snow days, and I feel like it's just taken us a while to get going. But we wanted to start the new year by looking back at Christmas and what Samaritan's Purse did in Mayfield specifically. And so for those of you who don't know maybe what the ministry pulled off and what they did, we wanted to share with you uh, because it impacted my family personally, and our guest, who's Melissa Strickland. Uh, She and her family went to Mayfield uh, throughout Christmas, and so we want to talk about that today, the tornado that hit and devastated that community. So thank you, Melissa, for making time. And so first of all, um, because, you know, Edward went and was so affected by it as well, um, but I I still just have heard through him. For people that, that haven't had a family member that went, what did Mayfield even just going there, the storm itself, the town, the community, what did that do to you personally? How did it impact you? Mm. Well, you know, I had, I've been to Mayfield now three times. Um, the first time was with Edward and some of the team just a few days after the storm hit. And uh, it's hard to describe what a tornado does to a community. It's such a unique kind of disaster because the path that it takes, there's so much destruction in that area. I mean, everything is reduced to just Mm -hmm. sticks. Um, It it really doesn't leave much of anything behind. Um, And that's very unique. It's not like a hurricane um, where you might have roof damage and that kind of thing, but you don't usually, with a hurricane, see an entire house just gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a tornado, you, you see that. You see places where there just was something and now there's not. And um, that's a unique kind of devastation. You can compare it to a war zone mm-hmm. more than an, a typical natural disaster. Uh, so when you drive into an area, and, and again, typically what you see is you come into a town And you're driving through the unaffected areas and you're thinking, oh my goodness, did anything really happen here? Is this really a disaster? Mm. But there's this line that you cross uh, where you might have one home that's perfectly intact on one side of a street because that was just a few feet away from the path of the tornado and right next to it is complete carnage. Mm -hmm. The minute you cross into that area, it it's it hits you in the face. Uh, it hits you in the gut. It hits you in the heart. Um, it's it it's almost like a physical blow because it's such a stark contrast. Mm-hmm. And I've been to tornado areas, uh, tornado hit areas, many times in my career at Samaritan's Purse, and you just never get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see lives laid bare. So you see um, you see children's dolls in the rubble. Mm-hmm. Um, you see glimpses of lives uh, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think that's very unique 
in disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just see this this shell of a home, and you see that there had been a family and a life in there um, that just no longer is. Mm-hmm. Within minutes, no longer is, and um, so it's very emotional to go into a, a tornado disaster zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's not to minimize any other kind of disaster because mm-hmm. they are horrific. Uh, but there is something about a tornado that is that is quite unique. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, I don't know, again, whether it was multiple tornadoes, just a huge, anyway, whatever it was, it affected multiple states, multiple communities. I mean, mm-hmm. so we are we are responding, what is North American Mysteries still responding in four different sites, correct? They are in um, predominantly Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are still in Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the immediate days, uh, we also, U.S. Disaster Relief also responded in Arkansas mm-hmm. and uh, was able to help communities there. Um, uh, but, the, yeah, the work mm-hmm. goes on, and it will be going on for a very long time mm-hmm. um, to, to clean, not just to clean, but, you know, to, to help restore these communities. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's going to take— a, a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the tornadoes, this system of tornadoes went through five states mm-hmm. and a extremely powerful Mayfield uh, was hit by 190 mile per hour winds. Mm. Uh, if you can even imagine uh, the tornado hit there at 930 at night. So just the eeriness of that, you know, mm-hmm. as a writer, as a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I just picture this scene of darkness and this um, monster coming in the darkness mm-hmm. um, and tearing your life apart within minutes and the, the terror uh, that it brought to that community. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's just, uh, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. But so multiple places impacted, but Mayfield stood out even among, I mean, not to minimize the others, mm-hmm. but the most because of so many deaths. And like yes. you said, just the entire portion of the town. I mean, mm-hmm. some had at least remnants because, like you said, tornadoes kind of weave their way around, and, right. and they don't—they pick and choose. It's so it doesn't usually devastate everything, but mm-hmm. this this town actually did, and so that yeah. is why, as a staff, you know, they just felt compelled. You know, Franklin mm-hmm. wanted to do a Christmas lunch because yeah. it hit right before Christmas, and yeah. I mean, to lose everything, anyways, is mm-hmm. devastating. But right. then Christmas time, to have nothing. Just broke the staff's hearts, and so Franklin decided, you know, to do a Christmas Eve lunch, yep. serve, bring some joy. They knew they couldn't replace everything mm-hmm. ever. Um, it will take time to heal, but at least they could bring the love of Christ through That's a meal right. and through some gifts and through some just tangible ways. So when that became uh, a plan, and I know it happened really quickly, you know, when and how did you decide I'm going to go and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring my family and we're all mm-hmm. going to serve for Christmas? So you gave up. Christmas, the whole, almost the entire week, to go serve. Why, mm-hmm. why, I mean, obviously it devastated you to your core, but why did you decide, I'm going to bring everybody back and serve together? Yeah. Well, um, as you referenced, so Mayfield lost 22 people, mm-hmm. um, which is a blow to any community, but this is a town of only 10,000 people. Wow. So very small, close-knit community. Um, so um, left a, a big hole, and uh, like you said, uh, the the devastation there um, really 
really did touch everyone's heart. And so Franklin um, had this vision, you know, the Lord led him to to want to provide a Christmas Eve lunch mm-hmm. for the community, for thousands of people. And um, as uh, communications, you know, we needed to have staff there to cover that. We needed to have um, someone to go uh, and serve as a writer. We needed to have someone. We uh, had two photographers there. Um, and so when it came time to assigning a writer, um, I decided that would be me, um, you know, for um, for a couple reasons. I had been there twice already, um, so it was a community that touched my heart, mm-hmm. but, um, but also because I didn't want to make anybody else on the staff work on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. um, if I could help it. Obviously, our photographers did, but um, they were very happy to do so. And so um, at that point, we just decided uh, we weren't going to be able to have Christmas together in a traditional way anyway. Um, And so why not bring the family and let the kids uh, and my husband, Robinson, uh, volunteer and be part of it as well? And it was, um, honestly, it was kind of a split-second decision. Uh, My husband and I just decided we just wanted us to be together, and it didn't really matter where Hmm. um, for Christmas Eve. Uh, And then we we broke it to the kids um, that uh, you're not going to have your traditional Christmas. Um, This is what we're doing on Christmas Eve, and we're going to be traveling home on Christmas Day. And so we've decided that um, we'll do our Christmas on New Year's Eve, which means you're going to have to wait a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my kids are older. They're 14 and 11, but they're not—they're still kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not old enough to be, you know, that mature to say, oh, okay, you know. So um, I can't—I mean, initially, I think they were disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, they—, they Overall, had an okay spirit about it, mm-hmm. um, but um, but going back to the Christmas lunch, yeah, um, our food services sent um, like I think about twenty staff, mm-hmm. uh, thousands of pounds of turkey and ham and uh, biscuits and green beans and um, mashed potatoes. Lots of mashed potatoes mm-hmm. um, were were made. Um, and it just ended up, you know, something that none of us really felt, um, even when, you know, we were first told this was going to happen and it had to happen within days and all of those things. I never heard anyone complain. I never heard anyone, you know, wish that that was not what they had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody was like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the right thing to do. Um but it turned into incredible, like that attitude and that spirit, which was not uh, negative, but wasn't like, woohoo, we get to do this. Um, uh, it turned into, woohoo, we get to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it just turned out to be the best day um, and so fun. And we just, we just had a ball. Mm-hmm. We just had a ball loving on people. And um, it, it it was just it really did um, you know praise God mm-hmm. because only God could have pulled this off. Let's be real, um, and only God could have planted that seed of joy in everyone's heart. And 
Only God could have taken <laughs> our insufficient efforts um, and and turned them into mm-hmm. um, something that this community saw the light of Christ in. Um, but it was it was fun, and it was um, it was the best Christmas our family has ever had. Mm. Um, my kids helped. We had um, NASCAR donated. Lots and lots and lots and lots of toys. If you ask my daughter, she'll tell you there were 42 potato, Mr. Potato Heads. And there mm-hmm. were, I mean, she knew how many Barbies, how many mm-hmm. um, bikes and all kinds of just fabulous, beautiful toys. Mm-hmm. And um, my kids got to, and my husband got to be part of that distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, each child had to have their hand stamped. Um, so we made sure that nobody went through twice, two or three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they were given a bag and escorted through um, the the toy store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mona got to, Mona and Caleb got to be the ones to greet them initially and stamp their hands and hand them the bag and wish them Merry Christmas and mm-hmm. kind of just set the tone of joy and you get to pick anything, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I was so proud of them. They worked so hard in their orange shirts and, you know, just like real disaster relief volunteers. Um, and they had a ball. They didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't want breaks. They didn't want to stop. They they really enjoyed it. Um, and before we, before the lunch happened, uh, that early that morning, I drove them through the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see, show them um, what I had seen and um, why we were there. Mm-hmm. And as a family, um, we stopped at a house that had particularly moved us all because it had a lot of, I'm sorry, I keep getting emotional when I talk about these toys and these, um, uh, the children, but uh, this was a home that just moved our family so much. We just... As we were driving through, and of course, Caleb, my son, initially said, Mom, this looks like a nuclear bomb went off mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that was his first impression as soon as we crossed into the disaster zone. And um, we saw this shell of a home, and it had a had children's toys. Mm. And we stopped at that house, and we got out, and we prayed. <laughs> and we prayed for that family, and we prayed for that community. And we prayed as a family um, that the Lord would be glorified in anything we did that mm-hmm. day, and that um, that our efforts would mm-hmm. um, would be used for the sake of the gospel. And um, and I think that made all the difference to do that first, and mm-hmm. then to to bring them to serve. They knew why they were there, mm-hmm. and they knew those toys that they were replacing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was just so meaningful. But but the lunch was fun beyond imagination, truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Skaggs played and, um, you know, I, I, thought, I thought to myself at one point, uh, Ricky Skaggs had everybody sing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful with him. And I thought, who gets to do this? Mm-hmm. Who who gets to spend Christmas Eve singing mm-hmm. carols with Ricky Skaggs, mm-hmm. you know? And it it just felt like such a blessing mm-hmm. um, to do that and to sit at the tables and hear the stories of these uh, folks mm-hmm. that had been impacted. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. best Christmas ever. Mm-hmm.
That's incredible. And I'm I'm kind of the opposite. You know, Edward went, so he left our family for Christmas and for a couple days. And so we were the opposite. Our kids were too young to take, to help, which I wished. I think that was what I, I wished we could have all done it together because I think we were the opposite of our family was not t- intact and together. And so we had to sacrifice in that way. And, it, you know, it's okay. Um, I mean, for us— He's been gone before, and he's been deployed in Afghanistan, Iraq for Christmas multiple times. Um, So unfortunately, we are (laughs) used to not having a normal Christmas. Um, But it still hurt, you know, and it was hard on the kids especially. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with it. I know why he's going. And same thing. He knew if people are going to be going, I need to be with them. You know, I I can't send people that I'm not going to go and serve with as well. So it's fine. We made that choice. But it it did hurt my kids. And so I almost want them to hear this, you know, the other side. And I think it was helpful when, you know, my mother-in-law, Jane, you know, we spent Christmas with them. She she was in tears, too. You know, she's seen multiple disasters. You know, Hurricane Katrina was awful, you know, and that probably was her only comparison. But it it was so similar because she said same thing. It looked like a bomb. And for people that haven't seen a war zone, you know, because Edward has multiple times. He's seen uh, destruction by bombs and man-made disasters. But this just blew him. And, yeah, to see homes destroyed. So I guess what would you say to people because there were, you know, probably— dozens of staff members that went without their family. So for those of us that that had that happen, you know, what would you say? Because you did. You sat down with the community and people that had lost everything. So what did they tell you and what did Samaritan's Purse being there, how did it impact them in a huge way? What Mm -hmm. did they say to you? What Mm -hmm. did our presence, I guess, what did our presence over Christmas do to this community? Yeah. Can you tell us some individual stories or maybe some? Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah, I, I I sat down with with one couple um, who, when they heard that the storm was coming, when the tornado warnings came, they left their home and uh, they were driving, and they 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 knew they were just minutes away from, uh, you know, ahead of the tornado, and they shared the terror of just thinking at any minute this tornado can just come and pick up our car and we'll be dead. And, um, you know, again, black of night, um, you you know, you can just imagine and just the fear and the fear for their neighbors. And um, uh, this uh, precious woman, uh, again, through tears, said, I've lived in fear ever since that moment until right now. And uh, my life has just been consumed with this dark foreboding. I, I, I'm not sleeping at night. I feel like, you know, the tornado is going to come and just get us. And um, and she said, right now I feel joy. And it's it's so great to be, to know that I can feel that again. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's still in there and that's still something I can experience because I just haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, it meant so much to her. And um, so many others, you know, the toys, the the parents who were there who were just so thankful because they had no idea um, how they were going to do Christmas. No idea. They don't have a home. They're staying with friends, relatives, shelters, wherever they are. Um, so their children not only lost everything they did have, but they had no clue how they were going to begin to give their child a toy for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the gratitude, and then to see, oh, I get to pick this. Oh, and I get this. Oh, and I get stocking stuffers. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, you know, mm-hmm. they they were just overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the generosity of, um, you know, these people who had supported the ministry in, in doing this. Um, uh, I think, you know, so I, I, it impacted parents. It impacted, the lunch impacted people. And then the following morning, Christmas morning, uh, I came downstairs, <laughs> groggy and, uh, you know, to the hotel breakfast bar um, to forage for something for Christmas breakfast. <laughs> and, and there's someone sitting at a table in an orange, in a Samaritan's Purse orange shirt, ready to start the day as a, mm-hmm. as a volunteer. And um, and so I, I stopped, obviously, to talk to them. And um, she said, we were, we were going to leave. Um, but we heard about the lunch. Uh, they had been serving, mm-hmm. and they were going to leave and go home for Christmas. But, um, you know, we heard about the lunch, and that sounded really fun, and we knew that they needed extra hands for that. So we decided we'd stay. And then the lunch re-energized us, mm-hmm. and now I think we're going to stay another week. And they, she was going out on Christmas Day to serve mm-hmm. um, because she just said, oh, you know, it just, it, it, again, it just brought joy and it gave us mm-hmm. fresh energy. And, you know, um, hearing Franklin uh, talk about at the lunch, talk about why we're here. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going back out. We're serving today. We're serving on Christmas Day. We're not, you know, we just told the, they were older and had adult children, but we just told them, we'll see you when we see you, mm-hmm. um, I think is the way she said it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did have an impact. And if you're part of a family that served, um, it's so important for you to know uh, that it it had a, a massive impact on this community, and it may just seem like a lunch, and it, you know, well, you know, what's what's a lunch, you know? Um, but it 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 was it was more than that. The Lord used it. Um, anything, it doesn't matter what it is, when it's focused on the gospel, bathed in prayer, centered on the Lord in everything, God's going to use that. Mm-hmm. And 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 you can just know that you can take it to the bank, as um, as you know someone said. You can know that, and you can know that the Lord used your sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, that it wasn't a light thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially such a critical, pivotal, memorable time. You know, because mm-hmm. I I think serving all throughout the year, there's never a wasted day, and every yeah. day is important. But Christmas, you know, is such a uh, just pivotal, magical, memorable time. And so, like you said, people that have lost everything, I imagine they're in the process of dealing, figuring out, even if they have insurance. I'm, I'm sure many didn't, and the ones that did, you know, they, so they, they're waiting. So they don't have time to replace things or go out for Christmas gifts. I mean, I'm sure they're, things are really bleak. And mm-hmm. so to give them, yeah, those extras that they would have gone without, mm-hmm. um, will last forever. And I guess I, as you were talking, I just thought of like a lot of the shoebox recipients that we have the privilege of talking to. You know, they may not have their items anymore. They may not have those toys. You know, they've, you know, they they will fade away and rust, you know, um, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And so mm-hmm. what was impacted eternally, you know, hearing the gospel, reading scripture, giving That's a right. Bible. That's right. Volunteers, like you said, that that sacrificed and stayed 
um, because of the gospel, and they were able to share that why, um, will last forever. That's so right. I guess I just keep thinking of, I mean, these toys are awesome and great and wonderful mm-hmm. and definitely great, but this eternal impact That's will right. last forever. And so That's people, right. and people did. I, I, multiple dozens of people accepted Christ right there at mm-hmm. the Christmas Eve That's lunch. Right. I mean, yeah. Franklin was able to kind of run a, a mini, you know, crusade and share yeah. the gospel. And so lives were changed that day. That's right. That's right. Eternity was impacted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he gave an invitation. He spoke three times, three different mm-hmm. times during the lunch. Uh, and to make sure that everybody was covered. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, mm-hmm. um, he did. He he gave an invitation at each of those three events. We saw the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team chaplains who were there, who have been there serving with our U.S. disaster relief teams as well, um, praying with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before the lunch started, mm-hmm. people were just coming in, and uh, the Billy Graham chaplains were praying with people as we were setting up. Um, you know, people just felt drawn to that place. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just the coolest. I mean, what better what better way to honor Christ mm-hmm. on Christmas than to be used by him to expand the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it sounds cliche and it sounds trite and it sounds like it may be, I don't know, just words that mm-hmm. you're supposed to say, but um, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. it's the reason we're here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, and and it's it's what God has called us to, and um, and to have the privilege of doing that on Christmas, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it is it's a privilege, and it's um, and to see to see those hands raised, you know, mm-hmm. when Franklin would say, "If you've just prayed that prayer, mm-hmm. raise your hand." And to see, oh gosh, yeah, hands are raised, mm-hmm. even in a place like Mayfield, which is, you know, you would think, uh, you know, a, a southern um, mm-hmm. small community, um, there are lost people everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and they have great churches, strong churches. The churches came alongside us and partnered with us as they do with U.S. Disaster Relief always um, and partnered with us in this lunch and, you know, um, they have great, strong churches, but there are lost people there, mm-hmm. um, and and they needed that to happen on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And you know, can you imagine um, being able to say, "Yeah, I remember the moment I prayed to receive Christ. It was Christmas Eve." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that's, how incredible. that's cool. It yeah. is incredible. I know, and just and I'm glad you touched on the volunteer staying longer because that's what impressed me the most. You know, when Edwards. He went out on Christmas Day as well. And so when he was able to send pictures and show the kids, look at all these people serving, you know, on Christmas Day, it was pretty impacting. And it just made me think of, you know, Matthew 6, 33, you know, which we are all to do. Seek mm-hmm. first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And I think it was—so it was good. Again, my kids are little, and they understood, and they were awesome, and the Lord was graceful and sufficient— to fill gaps, but you know it was still hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was way more joyful and able to send him and say, you know, it's fine, because I have that. You know, they're still grasping that, and so I just prayed that the Lord wouldn't make them bitter or resentful, but mm-hmm. that He would just somehow soften their hearts. But I, and I think over the years I've been trying to make the Advent season more uh, 
pivotal, you know, more important yeah. than yeah. the actual Christmas day, you know, yes. to prepare our hearts. That's what Advent is, preparing ourselves and readying ourselves um, because Christmas day isn't just one day. You know, it is, I mean, it should carry out through the whole year. And so I think that's what we were trying to do is it's a season. It's a, um, so that way that day, uh, if you don't have what we look at as perfect, um, it can, you know, that's not what it's all about. It's not about right. check, 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 traditions. Traditions are great. But if you don't have that one thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that Christmas didn't exist. So I'm kind of rambling here. But I guess that's what I took away is when we take our eyes off ourselves, what yes. we want. Yes. Yeah, Christmas rituals or traditions. And thankfully, I grew up in a military home, so we didn't even have traditions either. We spent mm-hmm. many Christmases in hotel rooms and uh, just depending on where, if we were in the middle of a move or what. So I don't have a... I wake up and I do X, Y, and Z expectations, which is which is good. I think it makes me a little—it helps me in our situation. But some people do, and that's not bad. But I think when it becomes an idol or it becomes your, I can only have Christmas if this happens, Right. that's not a healthy place to be either. We are right. to, as I said, seek mm-hmm. the Lord and His kingdom and His righteousness and not— this, this, and this. So I guess I see in the volunteers and the staff that were willing to do it, you know, they took their eyes off fleeting and temporary traditions or, you know, that aren't bad, but when they become everything. So I guess I got the, uh, what's the word? Um, Secondary, you know, insight and glimpse into that. You got the firsthand. And so that's why we wanted to bring this to people that didn't get that. So, um, that was a long ramble. We're going to have to edit. Um, but I guess just in wrapping up, you've kind of yeah. covered everything that I wanted to. Is there anything else that you want to share or convey from being there mm-hmm. um, before we move on to? Because I want to talk about what we're doing and what we're going to continue to do because yeah. it's not over. Yeah. But just from that week, maybe what has changed within your family or even yeah. the staff members that you know that served mm-hmm. from that sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned something critical in that. I mean, I've been with Samaritan's Purse 16 years, mm-hmm. almost, and, um, or yeah, 16 years. Um, and my kids, you know, they, they know my job, and they know the words of my job, and they know I have to travel, and they know I have to do these things, and um, but they've never truly known the heart of my job. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't realize that, hmm. you know, they, oh, my mom goes to disaster zones or my mom goes to an o- Operation Christmas Child distribution or whatever. Um, but involving them, um, really having them see what that means, what that mean, you know, what that means to the communities when I go, mm-hmm. um, not me personally, what I mean to the communities, but what the work mm-hmm. means to the communities and why I go. Um, I, it changed them mm-hmm. in a major way. And um, yeah, as I shared earlier, we didn't do our Christmas until New Year's Eve. And they never asked. They never complained. They never said, well, we're home now. Can't we just do it on this day? Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you know, why do we have to wait anymore? And um, and that was that really stunned me. I'll be honest. I mean, my kids are kids, right? They're still, mm-hmm. you know, they're still kids. Impulse control is not their strength, and um, you know, but but I think it really impacted them. And I and I think the next time that I go somewhere, mm-hmm. 
they'll have a deeper understanding. And while I I know not everybody can bring their family all the time, I can't bring my family all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time in 16 years mm-hmm. that my family has been anywhere where I've been. Um, but I, I realized that um, sharing more, showing videos from the website, mm-hmm. you know, hey, remember when I just went to um, Guyana with Operation Christmas Child? Well, mm-hmm. let me show you the video that came from that. Mm-hmm. So you can see what, what I did while I was there and you can see the kids that I met and you can see why I was there. Um, you know, just being more open mm-hmm. and um, explaining things and being more intentional mm-hmm. in praying and, you know, praying as a family for the people that are being served through Samaritan's Purse. Um I wish I had started that earlier mm-hmm. um, because I I think um, I have been neglectful in that. Mm-hmm. And it, it amazed me at what an eye-opener it was. Like, oh, this is what you do? Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, uh, doing an, uh, an iPhone social media thing and, you know, my daughter going, oh, I can hold the phone. I, you know, I'll do it. And, you know. Oh, this is what you do, Mom? This, oh, okay. You know, um, they had no idea what I do mm-hmm. when I leave and and why I, why I even needed to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the one, you know, hauling logs, so why do you need to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just, you know, I would just encourage um, the staff who might listen to this to just be super intentional um, at going deeper with your family mm-hmm. about where you've been, tell them stories, be very prayerful about the work of Samaritan's Purse um, so that, yeah, so that hopefully they will grow in their understanding of why their life might look a little different mm-hmm. than their classmate who celebrated Christmas on Christmas. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's good. I know that's something, yeah, Jane, when we were at Christmas lunch with them, you know, one of my kids was really sad. And she, you know, she said, it's okay to be sad, you know, but you can't have an attitude. Cause, and she said, you know, you can't embrace and take the good of what your dad does without embracing and taking the heart, you know? And it is, it's a, you can't have one without the other. And I think that's something she taught to her kids all growing up. And that's why they're not resentful of the ministry. That's why they're all involved in some capacity because she helped them to not grow hardened when their dad was gone. Because he did, not always, but every now and then he'd be able to take them on a trip or take them to Africa or show them, uh, it's like show them a glimpse of what he does helped to keep it going, you know, because it is, it's a sacrifice. And I think everybody within the staff sacrifices to different degrees, but at some point it is, you're either living far from family or, you know, there's certain things. So, and that's the goal of this podcast is to bring the family, bring the people that maybe don't get to go, allow them to see and hear um, and be re-energized. And so that's why we wanted to start this year with how can we embrace, mm-hmm. you know, and and it is, Samaritan's Purse does, it's a very reactive job. You know, it's not, right. we don't really know what the year is going to look like. I don't really know. Is Edward going to be here for your birthday or for this? You know, right. we try, we really try and we probably need to get better about having boundaries and and keeping some of the we know ofs, you know, intact. Um, and he does, he tries to do that, but we don't know. Um, and so we need to be open-handed, 
but but again, why are we here on earth? And so I think just remembering, but I love how you said that, and I, I do, I want to encourage people to bring your family in, you know, and maybe in a new way, because I think we can right. get calloused and kind of, you know, and then my kids kind of, anytime I try to get them to listen to a podcast, now they kind of roll their eyes. So <laughs> now I need to think of a creative way. Videos is a good idea, because there's so many on SPTV, and it is. Once we get in there, we're like, oh, this is so great. So maybe pull up some of those every now and then and and just engage them in the work of the ministry because they have a big, if not as big of a part. And I love some of the families that pray real specifically. So I guess in closing, you know, how can we pray specifically for communities like Mayfield? You know, because the work is going to continue on. You know, there's a lot of rebuild programs. There's a lot of things that North American Ministries is doing throughout. They're not going to leave until the work is done. So how can we be praying for a family and a community that has lost everything? Mm. Well, how are you guys praying Mm. after being there? Well, I think, I mean, there's, there's, there are the obvious, you know, pray that it would be restored, pray that they would mm-hmm. have their homes restored, all, all of those physical needs. But, um, you know, the, the homeowners that I mentioned earlier, um, hearing her say that she still lives with the fear, mm-hmm. um, there is a darkness there, nightmares, and, um, you know, uh, the enemy can, can really grab hold of that. Mm-hmm. He can really grab hold of that kind of thing. And, you know, these this, this couple, they were believers previously. They did not say that their faith was shaken, but the enemy could sure use it, couldn't he? Um, that's a seed of, of darkness that is understandable. It's human. That's, you know, I, know, I don't say that as a judgment in any way, but pray against the spiritual battle that, that devastation like this can leave behind. Pray against the doubt. Pray against, uh, you know, pray against the fear. Ask the Lord to bring light into those dark places that exist in in the hearts of these people who have lost everything. Because as humans, we have those dark places anyway. Mm-hmm. But you, I can't imagine how those would be expanded after you've experienced something like this and you— you feel hopeless, and you don't know uh, when you're ever going to have a home again, mm-hmm. and uh, you just keep reliving the sound. I mean, the sound of a tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that post-traumatic stress. It is. It's post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's all ammunition for um, the forces that want to work against the gospel. That's all ammunition. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what our volunteers are up against, our people whose hearts may be hardened right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our staff and volunteers are trying to bring soft places back mm-hmm. and trying to bring light and to use the weapon of the gospel, um, if you will, to, to, to fight against um, that because those people can't be abandoned to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not that's not what God wants for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, you know, that the Lord would strengthen our hand um, in bringing truth and love and uh, Christ, mm-hmm. um, the message of Christ into places where the enemy is trying to get a foothold. Mm -hmm. 
That's so good. That's And as you were talking, I just thought of Psalm 40. So I just want to close by reading it. Um, 11 through 17, it says, Lord, do not withhold your compassion from me. Your constant love and truth will always guard me. For troubles without number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me. I, no, I am unable to see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my courage leaves me. Lord, be pleased to rescue me. Hurry to help me. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. And be glad. It, sorry. Let those who love your salvation continually say, The Lord is great. I am oppressed and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper and my deliverer. My God, do not delay. Um, and as you were talking, yeah, they are just always going to be plagued with this. Um, and I, I think of our the Afghan resettlement. You know, we have some families moving here soon, and they are going to be plagued with uh, trauma and and memories and. Um, so we are advocates, you know, for the Lord to use. And so I just want to encourage everybody, whatever you do within Samaritan's Purse, if you are a family member, if you are a staff member, uh, whatever you do within the ministry, we are on guard to do this, to bring this message and this hope because we are all oppressed and needy. We all are, you know, and, and even all of us within the staff, you know, there are days where we're low and we need to be lifted up. And so um, make sure you that you are grounded and guarded in the Lord so that you can bring this hope um, and this deliverer to people. But that's what we're doing. And I think that's what Fra Franklin's been urging because even within you know, the Supreme Court lifted this ban, but even Samaritan's Purse as a ministry could be hindered one day, you know? And so the days are few and fleeting. And that's so I right. think that's why we want to start this year with a, a, a you know, recap and kind of sharing what happened, you know, Christmas in Mayfield, but also a, an urge to, um, our days are numbered, and the work is is the That's work right. is heavy. Yes, um, and, and there will be a lot of it. So, our families, we need to keep our families healthy and strong, grounded in the Lord, supporting the ministry. But also, there's a lot of work to do, and we want to bring this message of hope all throughout the world. You know, whatever we're called to do. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for sharing that, and thank you. I just love that strength in our hands. You know, to do this mm -hmm. heavy work. Um, because we do, we live in a fallen, broken world, but the light shines in the darkness. And so we need to be the light and the ambassadors That's carrying right. forward. So thank you for bringing us a glimpse of Christmas in Mayfield. Um, I know there's so much more that we probably could tackle and cover, but I think that was encouraging, refreshing to me personally. And I hope to everyone listening that this is just one of the many things that Samaritan's Purse has been doing over the past couple weeks. But um, I just want to give a glimpse and a taste well, to this thanks. one. Thanks so thank for you for sharing. Me. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it and hope this was encouraging and edifying to everyone listening and, and to pray because the work is continuing to go on and pray for the volunteers and the people that the Lord will call because we talk about a lot. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so we do. We need these volunteers that are willing to sacrifice and give up and go mm. um, and serve and be His hands and feet. 